Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey, cool. Hey, girl. How are you? I am doing well. I'm feeling like we're on the brink of spring. I know it's a fake spring. You know how Buffalo is. Fake spring. It's like fake spring, almost real spring. And then the storm is going to come. Some, you know we're going to get a storm somewhere. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Next week is like 50s. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, it, it's weather. starting to come up. And then it looks like it's going to be sunny, too. So, oh. look, I'm just going to claim... Yeah. Real spring. Real spring. And Global the sun, warmer, right. warming is happening. So, And the sun definitely <laughs> just changes your whole mood. For it sure. does. It definitely does. And I definitely, I'm, I'm just ready to be outside. Yes. On yes. so many fronts. <laughs> On so many fronts. Be outside. <laughs> How's everything going with you, though? Everything is good. I mean, the week was great. We just ended Black History Month, yeah. but we know it does not end. It does not. So for people, obviously, you can't hey. see, but Kua over here has a more hey. than just February sweatshirt from... From Adrice, who was on uh, the pod last uh, season. Last season. Yes. I forgot what episode, but um, Adrice, dope artist, doing a bunch of dope things. Yes. Eat off art. Eat off art. Um, so, yeah, I had the support, and it's a dope, it's a dope, you know. It is. More than phrase. just February. It's more than just February. We know what that looks like. And so, we're in Women's History Month. Women's History. Rolling right on in to the mm-hmm. next intersection for us, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Um, and so, I think. At some point uh, this season, we'll talk a little bit more about some contributions that women have made and, um, you know, how we always at the forefront. At the right. You know, there's a lot of stats actually out now that talk about how women were the majority of essential workers mm-hmm. and how women are essential. And yes. we, I mean, first of all, we know women are essential, yes. but um, that's definitely something that. Mm-hmm. And how the workforce is kind of changing, though, with the pandemic. They were saying that a lot right. of women have to step away from them jo- their jobs now, right. supporting their families. So it's just going to be, that's really interesting to see how that's all shifting as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So so we got to talk a little bit about our sponsor. Yes. Leadership Buffalo. Hey, once hey, again, hey. hey, Leadership Buffalo. Leadership Buffalo. So Leadership Buffalo is making Buffalo better uh, through collaborations, community awareness, and civic engagement. They're uniting leaders to take action. Kendra and I are both graduates of Leadership Buffalo, like we yes. stated in the past. Yep. And um, it's a it's an awesome program. I know this year they had like a hybrid um, for the pandemic. They've mm-hmm. obviously had to kind of change some of their classes, but they've still made it really, um, you know, an engaging process. And it's something that really benefited us. Right, right. And I can't wait to tune into their annual meeting, State of LB, take two. Take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be on uh, March 9th. So can't wait to tune in and see the amazing work that Leadership Buffalo is doing. And again, they have a DNI workshop coming up. Yes. And I will be leading that. That's uh, March 11th at noon. Um, and I think M&T Bank sponsored um, mm-hmm. them. So it's a reduced cost. But we're talking about cultural humility the intersection of identity and inclusion. And so check that out. Um, it's a great conversation and I'm looking forward to seeing some of y'all. Yeah. So our sponsor is Leadership Buffalo. So hey, thank hey, you, hey. Leadership Buffalo. So let's dive right dive into our right on in. to our hot topic. So our hot topic this week is regarding Dr. Seuss. So all of us have read <laughs> Dr. Seuss um, books 
for years, years, years. years. I mean, I remember Dr. Seuss is definitely the way that I learned and started to, to started to learn how to read. Right. Um, talking about alliteration, things like that. Green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. We had green eggs and ham day when we were little in school. Really? Yeah, we did. We dressed up as cat in the hat. Okay. With green eggs and ham day. But now that we're a little bit more woke, yeah. I would say yeah, 2021. Yeah. And even this conversation started years ago about Dr. Seuss, but Dr. Seuss Enterprises will cease publishing six of the author's books. Mm. Um, that includes And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, which is a classic, obviously. Yeah. And If I Ran to the Zoo. So what critics are saying is that these books portray people in many ways that are hurtful and wrong. And the books have been criticized as how they depict Asian and black people throughout the years. Yeah. And we know that, you know, images are real and, and how kids interpret those images in terms of self-confidence definitely is influenced by what they're reading, what they see growing up. And so starting this year, they are starting ceasing public ceasing publishing for six of the books. So what exactly were in the books? I know they talked about some of the characters. um, And so in the book in, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry street, Mm -hmm. um, it says that a character described as Chinese has two lines for eyes. Yep carries chopsticks and a bowl of rice and wears traditional Japanese style shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, in if I ran the zoo, that's another book. Two men said to be from Africa are shown shirtless, mm-hmm. shoeless and wearing grass skirts as they carry an exotic animal uh, outside of his books. The Arthur's personal legacy has come into question too. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Seuss wrote an entire minstrel show in high school and performed as a main character in full Blackface. Black yes. Which also, too, was something I was reading about a while ago as well. That was his cat in a hat was his depiction of him in blackface during that play. I, I don't think I knew that. Yes. So these are some of the things oh. that are coming in the forefront. If you Google it, there's pictures of, okay. a, of a comparison of him in the play in blackface as well as cat in the hat. So that's really interesting. Okay. And some of those things are very interesting. But so yesterday was... Um, Dr. Seuss's birthday. Yeah. Um, and also, too, it was Read Across America Day as well. Okay. And so what a lot of schools especially are starting to do is provide teachers with other readings that teach similar themes of alliteration, mm-hmm. um, th- similar themes of rhyming, things like that. And so there's so many other books that really do the same thing as right. the Dr. Seuss books. So I can tell you, and you know, remember last season in, in the height of everything, we were talking about not reading comments, right? Mm-hmm. I was reading some comments, just got to put it out <laughs> there. Um, uh, I think it was, I forgot what station it was. There's a local station on Buffalo who posted that. Actually, mm-hmm. a couple of them at, um, posted about these books and them not being uh, put out there. And you... Of course, you have to imagine the uproar that people were feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was funny, some of the back and forth, because some people were like, come on, when the last time you you read a cat in the hat? I mean, you know, Dr. Seuss book in that way. But a lot of people upset saying, oh, my gosh, you're taking away all of our culture. Nothing can exist in the way that it did before. Mm. And I don't know, I guess, what's your take on that? Right. Like, so I don't there's so many people who are now threatened 
by the fact that so many changes are happening because we're shaking things up. The status quo is not always the status quo that we know it to be. So there are things that are changing. People's privilege and power is shifting. And people are feeling threatened by that. So what what you're seeing in those comments are people now on the defense where you're taking everything away, things like that. And what what I see that as is, again, being threatened. But you want to be able to amplify voices. You Mm -hmm. don't want to be able to suppress voices. And so with these books like Dr. Seuss, you're putting other books just on the forefront. It's not saying that all Dr. Seuss books are bad or all things are bad. But what we're starting to do is introduce new images, Mm -hmm. stories of inspiration, Mm -hmm. stories of hope. You know, all of these different things that before we never talked about. We just talked about the black diaspora as being just slavery and that's it but there's other things that we can talk about we can talk about our black and brown children growing up and seeing these images in different books of going to school having viable lives all these different things that we saw in other books yeah as well i mean and it's i don't know like you so you talk about this wokeness and you know i think you make a really good point when we talk about culture Mm -hmm. culture um is the way of life, like a tradition is, is generational. It's passed down from generation to generation. Culture includes things like, um, you know, the arts yep. that we're into, folklore, stories that are told. Mm-hmm. Um, culture is about food. I love that part yep. of culture and experiencing different types of food. And um, just the way, like our total way of living mm-hmm. and our total way of life in that way. But when you talk about dominant culture, mm-hmm. that's kind of where, where things shift a little bit. Yes, And so dominant culture uh, in a culture comprised of multiple cultures is who gets to determine what's normal, what's right, how we do things. Mm-hmm. And historically, we know what that look that has looked like in yep. the United States. And yep. that has been it's been white. It's been, um, you know, Christian. Mm-hmm. It's been male. It's been all these things. And I think right now we're feeling the the push and pull of that right now. Yes. Right. So it's been for the longest time you've been able to rock out. This is what's been um, considered okay and normal. What's acceptable. And now people are saying, and nah. no one questioned it. No one questioned you, it behind the scenes. Yeah. You were questioning it, but you were in, you were outwardly question it outwardly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so now that it's like, you know, an outward um, component in terms of what people are, you know, looking at, it's like, okay, let's stop, let's stop and let's change this up a bit. And so that dominant culture is being questioned and and a lot of people don't like that so when we think about dominant culture from that that aspect i think um we also have to think about how that dominant culture shifts and shapes how people of color think about themselves Mm -hmm. as well um and so what we wanted to talk about today and kind of dive a little bit deeper into was how communities of color actually perpetuate anti-blackness so we we heard about dr seuss we heard about um you know this dominant culture which we define right like whiteness is dominant culture male um christian christian is dominant culture like how dominant cultures really shift how we start to think about anything Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. and so as people of color what does that do to us right like what does that do to us and and how do we now look at blackness um through that lens where we've we've been raised and grown up um in the states right that that's impacted how we look at ourselves right and how we treat others sometimes as well absolutely in our own culture right Mm -hmm. right so it's interesting because i know we were talking um um a couple weeks ago about merriam webster yes and so merriam webster recently changed their definition of racism um and one of the things that they talked about is 
they wanted to reflect systemic oppression mm-hmm. in there, right? So, like, based on that new definition, it's not only ill feelings toward someone based on their race, but it can also be conceptualized as a system of power uh, and privilege used to oppress those who do not have the same power and privilege in society. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about like how communities of color have these conversations within itself. But uh, what happens now is we know, we know racism. And a lot of times we often think about somebody white who is being racist or, or discriminating against someone black, but what happens in our own communities? And we have these conversations all All the time. And, and also to this one article that Aku and I were, were looking at, um, talking about um, dismantling um, anti-blackness as well. They talk about this whole concept of white adjacency as yes, well. Yes, yes. And, and it's a newer term that I've seen a few times and it's coming out a lot more, but um, the the thought behind it is that it benefits, uh, that the benefits received by a person of color because of the proximity of mm, whiteness. Mm. And that is from mannerisms to their behavior to what we know as cold switching as well. Right. Sometimes it goes even down to your hair, your hair color, what it looks like not necessarily embracing your natural hair right so we talked about all these things in our first season as well but this whole concept of white adjacency and how does it benefit the the people of color but also to yeah. how it causes conflict within yeah. our own people too. so what's interesting and i think um what i'm starting to think about too is um when we when we talked to live right mm-hmm. um for the for the episode about the vaccines, we brought up a hot topic then about hatred towards Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, And I bring up Asian Americans, especially because this concept of model minority has been around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what usually happens is that white adjacency, people say, Hey, well, look at Asian people, right? Mm -hmm. They're succeeding. They, they do really well. They don't have all these other systemic issues and it kind of pits even um, people of color against each other to a certain degree because you're held up to this standard and you talk about this dominance and culture mm-hmm. of whiteness. Right. And so in looking at Asian American, oh, well, they're closest to white and so they're not as bad. Um, and those are conversations that we have in, in communities of color as well. Exactly, exactly. And so when we talk about even how do we dismantle this whole this whole idea of anti-blackness yeah. within our own culture, there's so many things that we can begin to talk about. Even when we talk about the first thing, skin complexion, mm. right? And we talk about colorism and what does that mean? Right. And, you know, there's always this idea of light skin versus dark skin and having this conversation. Even some people may play around and say, oh, that's a light skin picture or whatever the case may be. Like you always have like a light skin pose. But what does that truly mean? And we know even, you know, within our own within our own culture, um, historically, there was always this notion of if you were lighter, if you passed a brown brown paper paper bag bag test, then you also you were seen as better within your own race. And so it's interesting because I think there's a couple different layers to that too, right? Yep. Like back in the day, think about Jim Crow, think yep. about before then, right? You, I mean, from slavery on, the, all these, the reconstruction period, like all these different timelines where, you know, if you were black, you would often find some type of trouble or some type of issue mm-hmm. in, a, in a society that was racist against you, exactly. right? And so if you could pass you can lessen the load of some of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like, I mean, it wasn't almost we, we back then it was like, okay, you want to, you don't want to go through these type of trauma and, and troubles. And so 
passing as white mm-hmm. was seen as is a privilege exactly right so you could pass which means you could pass by all the different issues that came with being black so th- there's that there's that mm-hmm. to it but then i i think you know as it as it has continued and it has gone on you see it in the media you see it you know i know beyonce came under fire yeah for the l'oreal commercial it was l'oreal commercial where they're like look at how lighter her skin is mm-hmm. right um and and that was a big deal yeah, you know? this, well, this even this whole idea of bleaching skin, mm. you know, and there are some people that we know still still do still it in do. Hollywood, yeah, because they know they may get a they may get booked for a show right. or whatever the case right. may be, and so it because I think sometimes in society when we see someone of a fair complexion, we we feel safe. Hmm. You know, it signifies safety in a hmm. way. And the, again, that's that bias, that implicit bias sure. that plays in the back of our mind all the time. And so these are some of the things that people do just to get by, like bleaching their skin, yeah. changing their hair. But we even see that now when we're looking at even our dolls, right? When girls are buying, little girls are looking at dolls. Yeah. We're starting to see that the complexion of the dolls are even changes to darker skin yeah. women because Little girls take that and internalize that. Oh, yeah. I mean, even going back to Dr. Seuss, seeing different images oh, yeah. of Africans and, and Asians in certain ways, people internalize that. And that internalizes sometimes hatred and, and guilt and all these different things. And so you want yeah. to be able to celebrate different images of people. And I think that it, it takes intentionality in mm-hmm. doing that as well. So, I mean, you talk about stories growing up. I mean, I grew up in the burbs of Syracuse mm-hmm. and um, I was one of a few people of color in my school, let alone black people. Um, and I remember, I mean, th- and that's the thing. We all have stories. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we remember from childhood. I mean, I can tell you one of my best friends has story and I won't put her on blast. <laughs> um, but I can tell you about my own experience. Mm-hmm. I remember drawing Santa Claus in elementary school and I colored mine brown. Yep. My Santa was black. <laughs> yep. And I remember little kids, Santa Claus isn't black and pointing it out. But if it wasn't for the intentions of my parents and, um, yes. you know, how they taught me and what they exposed me to, I would have been walking around here, you know, mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, well, Santa has to be white. Right. right. Um, and I think these are the types of types of examples. I remember um, one of my little cousins, for instance, playing with dolls with a neighbor or something and the neighbor was like oh you can't play with that one because she's white Mm -hmm. this is internalized right it's internalized um Mm -hmm. things that we go through from an oppression standpoint of just being black and what that actually means and so one of the other things that the article mentioned was how sometimes when you were playing out in the sun Mm. you know like your your elders might have said get out of the sun because you're going to be black you're going right. to get darker. Right. Like, don't go out there. <laughs> like, I remember that, like, don't go out there. Or, you know, the other thing, too, going along to the sun, like, not going out in the sun. Yeah. I remember, too, there were some times where I would go swimming. Mm. And, no, don't go get your hair wet because it's going to curl oh, up. Right. And we got, you right, know, right, right, you right. don't want to look crazy. Right. And it's like, but this is what my natural hair is. It's right. It's not silky, wavy glossy. to the side. But yeah, glossy. <laughs> there you go. Glossy, you know. But it's all these different things. And so when you are when you grow up sometimes these kids are they i see it like they hate themselves because of some of the things that they experienced when they were little even now i mean talk about this to this day about even sometimes dating some guys Hmm. don't want to date a darker skinned woman Hmm. or vice versa a light-skinned woman it's like but we're all black right what is the problem right you know so these are things 
that are still happening. Yeah, it's still happening and still things that we have to kind of navigate through. And I think that's why when we talk, you know, in the beginning about representation, how important that is. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people, you know, in our line of work, we have different resource groups and we have, um, mm -hmm. you know, like communities of color resource group or we have uh, resource groups for other communities of color or, you know, other people of color. Mm -hmm. And people always ask, why? Why do you need that? Yeah. What? Why can't we have a white student union? Why can't we have white entertainment television? These are the types yeah. of conversations that you hear mm -hmm. from people who are not of time. color. And it's like, well, if we didn't create those spaces for ourselves, where would we see that representation? Right. You would not see that representation. And you wouldn't know things like Dr. Seuss was a problem or, right. or not having dolls at a certain complexion is a problem. These these resource groups and these affinity groups are formed to help um, spread the narrative of, again, inspiration, hope, all of these different things yeah. that traditionally were not said before. And so you have these spaces and these safe spaces, I keep saying. And, you know, when people say, well, why don't we have, you know, a, again, white resource group or white student union? Because yeah. that's what the world is. <laughs> right. That is what the world is. And so you need to create these separate spaces. And the reality so. is it's changing. It is changing. You know, so we could talk about plurality nation at some point in time, and it's already happened in some places, there's no racial or ethnic majority. Right, right. And so we're shifting. We're right. shifting. I think you're feeling that. We always talk about that tension and shifting. But um, the article also talked about a documentary that came out mm. called Dark Girls mm -hmm. uh, that explore the systemic oppression that darker skinned women face around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so they talk about governmental policies that can also reinforce anti-blackness. Yes. And the example that they gave, which was really interesting to think about, was the relationship between the Dominican Republic and, and Haiti. Haiti. Yes. And so they talk about in 2015, the Dominican Republic announced that the country would be deporting Haitians in an effort to cleanse their population. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people felt that DR was unfairly targeting those with darker skin. Um, we know that in India, there's a caste system mm -hmm. and, and very much so related to the color of your skin as well. Um, and so it's just it's so ingrained it is ingrained and on a global level not even just in the u.s mm -hmm. you know anti-blackness right and and even in this article it goes on to say that it affects educational opportunities economic mm, opportunities mm. i mean i just saw something yesterday talk about the the gap the wealth and gap or the gap wealth between black and whites in america yeah. specifically yeah. and we know that's due to again somewhat of a caste system i mean the education yes. the lack of education yes. the lack of financial literacy the lack of opportunity and so it is again a global thing that we're right. seeing. It's interesting. So uh Isabel, what's her last name? Wilkerson. Wilkerson, the book Cast. Mm -hmm. I'm reading that right now, and it's it is mind it's blowing. Mind blowing yes. Right. So in the book, she talks about Dr. Martin Luther King mm -hmm. Jr. And he went over to India. They were having a lot of conversations uh, around caste systems, and you know, um it was interesting because they talk about how he was shocked. Mm -hmm. They introduced him to um what do they call? They used to be called untouch, you know, untouchables, yeah, yeah. quote unquote, untouchables. Um, but the lower, the lowest caste system, when they introduced Dr. Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. they said, "Hey, everybody, he's a really, you know, he's a civil rights activist. He's a leader, and he's the leader amongst the um, the untouchable caste in mm -hmm. America." Mm -hmm. And they said that he was kind of taken aback, like untouchable. Untouchable. Who, yeah. who are you calling an untouchable? Right. And then when he started to kind of think about, it, he was like, "Oh no, that is exactly." what it is mm -hmm. in America, right? We are quote unquote untouchables here in the States. And when you think about how we've been impacted on a systemic level, mm -hmm. it's the same, same exact type same. of concept, yep. the same issues or whatever. So that book, I mean, it's mind blowing. And I, it's mind you know, I was, one part I was reading in that book, they were saying 
that there were some people from Nazi Germany that came that were in the United States studying us, literally in our university studying us, and then went over to Nazi Germany and kind of replicated some of the things that we. So that book, I mean, it's, you'll get there, but that book yeah, is yeah. is huge. I had to step away from it and for a little bit, and that's where I had I'm to at. digest. That's it. kind of where I'm at right now, and yeah. I think. You know, because we're both DEI professionals too, like you're in this all the time. So you have to create spaces of joy. We'll get there when we talk about our uh, gem, of, gem the of the day and what we're doing in that way. But um, in terms of the article, other things that they had mentioned in terms of this, um, you know, colorism or whatever is uh, what's the role? It was the Nina Simone mm-hmm. movie role and they casted Zoe Zaldana to play Nina Simone. Now, if y'all know what Nina Simone looked like, yeah, Zoe is far from it. Yes. Um, and they actually had to make a prosthetic nose yep. for her to play this role. And so there's a lot of backlash that came out in that um, sense. And I think more and more people are saying, why? Why? Well, all these actresses out here, Viola Davis, <laughs> right? Viola Davis out right. here. She and got the hair and everything. She got, and listen, and y'all <laughs> casting Zoe Zaldana. So I think, you know, when we when we think about colorism, it's really deep. It's really entrenched in, mm-hmm. in, our, in our system in that way. And it's something that I think... When we talk about people of color, we perpetuate that yes, as well. We do. We you do. Know? And so, you know, throughout our lifetime, throughout especially our, our adult lives, yeah. we are always, I say we, sometimes people of color, we're, we're cold switching. Mm. Um, you know, people say you're, you're acting white. And sometimes these are the things, again, that you're taught when you're a child. Yeah. Like you have to make sure that you're putting your INGs at the end of your words instead of eating, you're eating, you know, you things eating. like that. You ain't eating, but you're eating. Eating. And my mom was real strict about that. Okay. Like you got to make sure you put your INGs because people are going to accept you a little bit more. And yeah. these are things that you're told when you're a kid. You know, make sure that your hair is not nappy mm. when you go for a job interview. Make sure you're not wearing your braids and all these different things. And so you're being stripped away yeah. from your culture. We know like Ebonics is a thing and right. it's a real thing, you right. know, but it's almost they like call it AAVE, like African-American vernacular, vernacular English or yes. something like that now. Yes. Um, which replaces what Ebonics was known right. as. But I think, you know, to your point, I experienced that in my career. Mm-hmm. I remember a job interview, not the one that I'm in now, <laughs> um, but, you know, like a former job. And I had twists in my hair Mm -hmm. and I was, I remember feeling that conflict too, at that point in time, they was not old. They, my, my twists were still fresh. Yes. And I went back and forth. Like, should I wear wear them? Do I take them out? Is this too ethnic? Um, you know, cause this, I mean, we're talking maybe by this time, 2010, 2000, you know, Mm -hmm. something around there, but I took my twist out. Mm -hmm. I took them out. I felt the need to. And I remember saying, oh, well, I'd rather, you know, it not be an issue. I w- I rather get, you know, not get the job without the twist yes. in my hair and having that be the issue why I didn't get it. Right. Because, you know, I'm interviewing with, with all white people in that sense. And so there's a, there's a conflict. Now would I do that? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> right. Cause, and that's the thing too. Cause when I now, especially in the past few years, when yeah. I bring yeah. myself to the table, yes. it is my authentic yeah. So if you're going to get my hoop earrings, you may or may, I don't know what my hair is going to look like because I change it up all the time. <laughs> right, like, right. And people say something, they're like, always like, Kendrick, you always wear your hair differently. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my hair the next day. Listen. But regardless of what I do, I'm going to own it. Right. Right. I'm going to have my nails. I'm going to whatever the case may be. And so now I feel like it's more accepted. Again, mm-hmm. it's this struggle, but it's more accepted to, to come as your authentic self. And if you don't want me, 
because of who I right. am, then I, I don't want to be there. I don't want you. I don't want I you. Don't want I don't want to be there. Absolutely. And I will go and create space for myself somewhere else or go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. You know, what's interesting for me, too, I remember when I, I, it was around the time that I fully accepted it, where I was like, oh, look at um this senator, mm. um Ayanna. Yeah. What's her last name? Presley? Is that? Is it Presley? Is it Presley? Yes. The senator who wore twists. This is before mm-hmm. she had yep. alopecia. Yep. Um, but I remember saying, shoot, if a, a, a black woman who's a senator could wear mm-hmm. twists and represent and, and, and you know, be quote unquote professional. Yep. And we're, we're going to have a topic. We're going to have a topic what about, does that mean about being what professional? does that mean? What does professional mean? Uh, so I won't dive into that <laughs> yet. But um, I remember seeing her and being like, yes, I see myself. Mm-hmm. In a in a senator, a U.S. Um, senator, sitting senator, and right. and that to me was powerful. Mm-hmm. We could be ourselves, we can. and you're going to take all of it. You're going to take all, of it. and I think that's how we when we talk about how do we dismantle it. That's how we dismantle yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that again, if we we're bringing our authentic self to the table, and in addition to that, now we have the space, the creativity to really create our own you're seeing so much where people are like okay well you don't want me well i'm gonna do my own thing i'm gonna form my own podcast network i'm gonna form my own media outlet i'm gonna form my own whatever and so you're starting to see that where it's like okay well i don't need you i'm gonna create my own space and guess what i'm going to bring people along with me right and so that's what we're starting to see so i think that's how you start to dismantle some of these things but it does take work especially when we come to the whole concept of light skin dark skin now that's Mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. that is rooted from slavery and that's going to take work so it's interesting because the article also touched on other people of color Mm -hmm. right that are not black Mm -hmm. also perpetuating anti-blackness yes and so i think this is another i mean this is a different type of topic (laughs) right so um me i always say i'm african-american my dad's african my mom's african-american my Mm -hmm. mom black (laughs) and um at the end of the day it's interesting how different cultures even perceive blackness yes so whether that be people in Africa, whether that be Caribbeans, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, like other folks, these are conversations we've, we've had, right? Yes. Where in, in, in the article, they talk about George Lopez. And in 2017, he did a stand-up segment where he indicated that uh, in Latino families, there are two rules. One, don't marry a black person. And two, don't park in front of the house. <laughs> and he got and pushback so he him. got a lot of pushback about that. And, um... A lot of people also said, but this is what we hear in our household. Mm-hmm. So this is what that, that is true. And I and I connect to that because that's what's stated. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so those are the things that we're still. So even within communities of color, when you talk about that cast. Yes. Blackness is still is is deep in the lowest and it's rooted. Right. I remember watching a documentary with Henry Louis Gates mm. a few years ago. He does amazing yes, documentaries. Yes, yes. He has one black churches that's on out PBS, now. PBS, right? PBS is so yeah, good. Yeah. But he did a documentary talking about the black diaspora and how it's shaped and formed different caste systems right, as well throughout right, time. Right. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. I was about a few years ago, but it's it's deep rooted. Yeah. It, it and, is. And that's exactly what they're saying, you know. Being non-black, being a non-black person of color doesn't absolve you from being prejudiced. And I think mm. what when when they talk about this definition of racism, what they're essentially saying is, yes, that, you know, they added the systemic level, the systemic level of oppression. But I know I've had some debates with people and conversations around can people of color and can black people be racist? <laughs> that's you know always I mean? that's always a question. It's always a question. Can can you be racist as a black person because i'm on the receiving end of all this i know people have said oh you can be prejudiced but you can't be racist racist. because racist is the system and it's the power and the privilege that comes with it 
And now we're saying, well, that's what Webster Dictionary, they're changing that whole definition to include oppression. Right. You know, and it and that is going to open up a lot of conversations. It show is. (laughs) It show is. And so, yeah. So so people who, you know, people of color who are not black can still be prejudiced in that same way and they still do the same thing. And I think that's why um, people have been very intentional in using the word black when they mean black yes. and people of color when they mean non-black capital b right cap capital b you know that's <laughs> they they don't change that too um but that's also why terms like bipoc because they want to stand out black yes, indigenous, indigenous people, people of, of color. color you know what i mean so yeah so there's a lot to it in that sense um the encouraging of assimilation is something that we've all experienced i think mm-hmm. as people of color and black people especially uh, we talked a little bit more about that in terms of this dominant culture. So mm-hmm. if this is what's dominant and this is what's white and right, right, then this is what we're expected right. to but do. But dominant here, dominant now, right. in the future, it is like you said, it is changing. Right, right. Um, and so, and, and even across the world, we see it where you know this whole thing about black being minorities only in America do only we say in Amer- blacks are minorities. You know, and so now again, that's another thing that's changing where people say we're not a minority, right? You know what I mean? Right. Only in certain spaces and places and spaces we right. are, but we're not a minority, right? Exactly. You on know? the on the globe, on the globe, no, we ain't. So the, that's all. All of that is changing. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, take a look. It's in a book. It's reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. <laughs> like, we went from Doctor Seuss to reading rainbow. Whatever. We reading out here. That's that's what we talking about. Read, read across. Read across America. Read across America. Yes. Um, Cast is a great book. I'm gonna finish Amazing it. Book. I'm gonna finish it. And maybe we could talk a little bit more about that yes. and some of the concepts. We but... should talk about different books that we read. I mean, oh, that's I a good... across a lot yeah. of great books lately. What, what else are you reading? So um, oh, I guess we could go to Gym of the Day. Let's go to Gym of the yes, Day for books and what we're reading. Right. So I've been reading. Um, the Barack Obama book. Okay. I am halfway through, which it is an encyclopedia. I think we talked about this before. Oh yes, but I'm halfway through, and I picked that up, and I put that back down, and pick it back up again. Um, but I am also reading Cast as well, okay. which is amazing. And then I'm reading um some like self help books. So, yeah, you know, those, I'm those always things. reading a self help yeah. book. Those are good. Those are good. Um, so I'm also reading Cast. Um, and I'm also reading um. The power of moments, mm. the power of moments. And so that I would consider that self-help, but it's also how we start to really slow down yeah. and and take time to not only celebrate the little things, but also recognize mm-hmm. all the steps that it takes, you know, yeah. to get to the progress that we're trying to achieve. Right. And so um, I'm really enjoying that book, but I'm, I've been doing Audible lately. I, I do like I Audible. Try, but then I end up ordering the book anyway. I do the same thing. I'll order. Well, so Barack Obama's book, I listen to a lot of it, but then I also read it as well at night. I go back and forth mm. between that because, okay. it, like, like I said, it's very long. But um, one book that I just actually finished reading, which mm-hmm. was really great, is The Vanishing Half. Oh, so I've heard about that one. I actually read it and then I listened to it. Okay. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Um, but yeah, so that, that book is amazing. If you haven't read that, Ooh, it is okay, I'm gonna put that on my list. so good. Um, I got about four credits on Audible. So. Me too. I have, I have five sitting there. <laughs> Listen, like, why am I keep collecting these right? Credits? But yeah, no, reading is definitely something that I can escape. Like, I like to escape from mm-hmm. reality mm-hmm. sometimes. And so, like we said before, you know, we're both practitioners in this space. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you don't always want to read what you're going through in but real life. But it helps too. But it helps, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. So, what's your gem of the week? Of the or, week? Is it the day or the week? 
I guess we could do the week, the day, whatever okay. the case may be. So <laughs> one thing that we've been talking about is the importance of not only mental health, but the importance of your physical yes. health. Yes. And so Akua and I, we, we kind of been on our game lately. On it. Like, on it. On it. On it. So, you know, and we have our little motivational group. So shout out to the accountability motivation hey, hey, group. Hey. No sugar, no alcohol, all that Listen, stuff. We, we gave it up. We gave it up. We gave it all up. So it is definitely created and provided mental clarity. I would say Absolutely. that the first few days was very tough, but now it's like, okay, I have more mental clarity mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. I did. So I definitely I like haven't like no sugar, no alcohol. Yep. Again, being in the gym, the whole accountability is just amazing. Yeah. So I'm just going to piggyback off your gym because that's my gym, too, uh, with the accountability and, and what we're doing. I recently got my Peloton. Yes, hey, hey, Team hey. Peloton. Team Peloton. So I got that last week. I've been on it every single day. I've been enjoying that thing. It makes it fun. It really does. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, music is everything during yeah. workouts, and it just pushes me because it be some hits on there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did the Bad Boy um, theme ride last week, mm-hmm. and then this weekend is Meg The Stallion. Yes. So I will be getting my low key jealous body yaddy yaddy on. I'll, um, be, I'll be joining you soon. You be co- you coming soon? I'm coming to the Peloton soon. family soon. So yeah, fitness. I think um, you know keeping yourself active, especially after a crazy year like last year. It's time to kind of get in momentum and get in motion mm-hmm. um, and get ready for look for summer. For summer. They said they said we're gonna have some vaccines for everybody by June or something. I did read that. By by the end of May. Make sure you're getting your your shot. Yes, please get your shot. Yes, please. I'm trying to get outside. (laughs) Get your shot. A new vaccine is being rolled out by Johnson Johnson. Right. So there's some more availability that's open up. Please do your due diligence. Yeah. If you have any questions, listen to episode two. Episode two. Yes, episode two. All the myths. Yes. You know, we go through it. But looking forward to getting outside, getting fit. Gonna be, you know, feeling good, and um, yeah, that's about it. So our gym, episode four, episode four, yeah, episode four. I can't believe we're almost we're almost middle, almost halfway, halfway. So, but it's been great, like always. I can't wait to be here next week and see what we're talking about. I mean, things change so quickly, so I have no idea what we're talking about. But we'll we'll see see. what hot topics we bring in next week. But all right, bye. See you. See y'all next week. Peace. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.